Hi guys, as always, welcome back to Amigapreneur. And if you're new here, welcome. Please don't forget to subscribe. I am your host, Jacqueline. This podcast highlights women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives, and we focus on getting through the transition process from feeling stuck to taking action on your dreams. So some quick announcements. I've now added Clarity Coaching along with Podcast Consulting. The Clarity Coaching is for women who may be going through a major life transition and or career change. If you're feeling stuck and having trouble getting support or clarity on what's next, please feel free to fill out the free Clarity Session application. I love to help support you on your journey. If you're a busy woman entrepreneur looking to start a podcast but couldn't possibly think of adding one more thing on your plate, I help make the process seem seamless so you're able to launch your podcast, grow your audience, and increase your sales. For podcast consulting, simply message me for free consulting call. I've also created a simple online course if you'd like to tackle it yourself in three simple steps. I'll link all of the information in the show notes. Now on to today's podcast. In today's episode, we have Wendy Amara, a strategy coach, speaker, and trainer, and best-selling author. In part one of this episode, we talk about infertility and the Latino community. Wendy opens up about her miscarriage, breaking the news to her family, the shame and stigma of having difficulties when getting pregnant, what that meant to her, not just as a woman, but as a Latina, how to get support you need and how to open up and have these much needed dialogues. Hear how her story has a happy ending with three kids now and how the journey to getting there grew her, not just personally, but in her business as well. Now on to Wendy's story. So when was the time that I started questioning everything? I think it was when I was trying to get pregnant with first my first daughter and then definitely by, I have twins that are four years old now. But when I was trying to get pregnant for a second time and it was really, really challenging, um, I went through a bunch of fertility challenges and that really made me question, you know, am I meant to be a mom? Am I ever going to be a mom? Am I going to um, go through these fertility challenges, you know, for years and years. I mean, it, it brought up a lot of challenges, a lot of questions. It was a big transition. Am I meant to be, you know, having the life that I thought I was going to have, right? So you start questioning, like you said, a little bit of everything in your life. Um, from one thing not fitting or one thing not going right, you then start questioning a lot of things. And so... That was that was definitely a big a big struggle a time in my life where it was a big struggle. What did it mean to you to be a mom? Um, it meant <laughs> it meant uh, tremendous growth. It meant an opportunity to really step into a better version of myself because I had to get over a lot of things, um, conversations I had about myself in terms of time and how I manage time. Um, working, being able to handle it all. So it, it meant growing into a better version of myself. It, it also meant experiencing tremendous joy and tremendous heartache, right? From one second to the next. Um, it meant learning to trust, trust in myself, trust in the universe, um, trust in my instincts. That was a big one. So that, that's, what, that's what motherhood has meant to me. Becoming a mom has meant to me. Is that what it meant before or, or after? Because you said that you started questioning everything. 
And did you feel that motherhood would give you all these things or, or is that your view after you became a mom? Before I became a mom, I think my viewpoint was, I thought that being a mom, you know, I didn't know really what it was. I thought being a mom was the thing I was supposed to do because I'm a woman and I was married, you know, and I kind of have had my career plans, although my career has not gone 100% as planned either, but it's been clear. And so I thought, oh, well, this is just kind of the natural next step. And I knew my husband wanted to have kids. and I knew I wanted to have kids. It was like an instinct, right? Um, I wasn't sure what it was going to mean, but I, what it was going to be in life. So I kind of knew it was going to be this unknown thing. But, um, but I expected it to complete a part of my life. That was my expectation level with it. Did it complete a part of your life? Or did it? Yes and no. So, <laughs> so yes and no. Um, it forced me to grow. So the idea of like, if I put it this way, like on a scale of one to 10, um, on a scale of one to 10, from my experience before having children, I thought, oh, it's going to get me to a 10 in terms of, of like experience and joy and fulfillment, right? And then after I had my children, it was like a 19, right? So it surpassed what I thought my ceiling was of, of everything, of joy, of abundance, of um, what I'm capable of handling, what I'm capable of doing, everything from what my body is capable of doing to what I'm capable of experiencing. And my own kind of personal um, challenges or demons that I've dealt with um, or insecurities that I dealt with, it just, it, you know, it threw me into a whole nother way of being and it taught me a lot. So it was like learning to speak a new language. So I don't know how, you know, it's hard to go back and compare it um, to, to what I thought it was going to be. It was, it was so much more than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And I guess I, I asked you that because there was a part where you said, um, you know, it was what I was supposed to do. I was married. Um, my husband wanted children. Um, and then you also mentioned something else about it, it's who that person was. So who do you feel that that Because it kind of sounds like to me, like there was so much pressure and expectation right, for, for what motherhood was and what motherhood was expected of you. Um, and, it, and it seems like when a question of fertility came up, then everything started to get challenged. So who were you before that, that person, right, that was, that was telling yourself, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to, you know, get married and then have kids. And this is the kind of mother I'm supposed to be. And, and this is what it's going to do to my life. And then you hit a wall where it's telling you, you may not be able to have kids or it's going to be really challenging. And who was that before? And then what, what shifted after? Well, what shifted after, uh, there was something that shifted in the interim, right? And then there was something that shifted after. So in the interim, meaning in the process of dealing with the challenge, right? Mm -hmm. I made a commitment to myself that I was, I was going to make it happen. And I started working really hard on 
my own relationship with myself and kind of feeding my spirit. Um, I also started thinking about like, what was the purpose of, of me wanting to be a mom and where was that going to lead my life? So it was, so the vision became kind of bigger than just the kids, right? Or, or a kid. Um, but who I was before was playing a much smaller game than who I became after because it just forced me to move into space. Like, so once I overcame, let's say the challenge or I learned through the experience, I became a much more clearly defined person um, or woman, right? Uh, also, I learned this whole new aspect to myself, which is my instinct, my creativity, my intuition, which are these kind of feminine qualities in myself that I hadn't fully embraced until after I became a mom. So all of those qualities became much more powerful afterwards. And, and they helped me through the transition also from, oh no, I may not have kids to, oh yes, I'm going to have kids to here I am a mom, right? In, in that transition. So, so yeah, so I, I feel I'm a much more, well, I feel much more whole in the sense of like um, parts of me that I hadn't realized were there. I now I'm in relationship with. I now have a relationship with my intuition, with my instinct, with my creativity, with the artistic side of me. Um, and these were parts of me that I hadn't paid much attention to mm. pre, you know, pre having fertility issues, let's say. Mm -hmm. Did you ever consider that or did you ever go into saying, well, what would happen if I wasn't able to have children? What would that mean to me? Or oh, yeah. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I definitely went into a place uh, many times. The first time, so, the, so my first pregnancy, I ended up having a miscarriage. And that was really devastating because it was my first pregnancy. And so for me... It was an experience of, oh my goodness, what if I'm never able to get pregnant? What if I'm never able to, to have a child, right? Mm -hmm. And so there was heartbreak. There was definitely heartbreak. And I sat in it and, and there were moments where I was like, okay, well, maybe this is you know not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Maybe I've waited too long or maybe my body's just not made for this to happen. Um. So there were some dark moments. Yeah, there were definitely some dark moments and some acceptance of it. And then, of course, there's the, well, you know, we're just going to keep trying, right? We're just going to keep kind of moving forward and coming out of the darkness and realizing, okay, well, let's just keep moving forward and we'll see what happens. And, and within three months, I was pregnant with my daughter. So it didn't take that long. But it was interesting to see how quickly my brain would go to, um, you know, from having the miscarriage to like, oh, this is impossible. This isn't going to happen for you to, oh, my goodness, well, here you are. And now you're pregnant. And, you know, and then, of course, having my daughter, which changed everything, which I realized, oh, wow. You know, you're yeah, things can really change in your life from one moment to the next. Mm -hmm. So when you are in that moment of question and everything, because it doesn't, obviously it doesn't happen that fast. And I think we all get into that dark place. And, and sometimes, you know, we go back and forth to trying to be positive, right? And at the same time, just 
sitting in what you're feeling and what's happening. Um, and then we fall into victimhood sometimes, right? Why me? Why is this happening? You talked about going to that spiritual place for you. What if there was one or two things that you can say that really helped pull you out of it? What would you say those things were? Pull me out of the dark hole in the moment. Yeah. yeah. Of thinking, okay, maybe this will never happen for me. Yeah, I think community and support. So my husband and having him there and, you know, his outlook was, well, we're just going to try again. We're just going to try again. Like he was, you know, for him, it was just like, this is just our first time up for bat. Like there's, we're going to be up, up to bat a lot of times <laughs> and, and uh, there's going to be lots of opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't see it as like a failure, although I saw it as a failure. He didn't see it as a failure. He just saw it as like our first, you know, it's like one strike, not a big deal. You just keep, that doesn't mean you quit the whole game. Um, so I think having him, his support, having somebody there that, that was going through it with me, not in the same way, because I don't think men experience it in the same way, right. but, um, you know, he was my partner in the process, right? He was there with me through it. And, and obviously it was his baby too. So he, there was some connection there to it. So I think having that community, that partnership, also talking to other women who had had it happen, who had had miscarriages, that was really powerful. First of all, it's very common. Right. Um, I think the stats are one in, in four women will have a miscarriage. So 25%, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to do with age or, I mean, there are 18 year olds that get pregnant and have miscarriages. So it's not, it's not something that's based on like, if you're over 40 and you get pregnant, you're you know going to have a miscarriage or whatever. It happens to women of all ages, of all nationalities, of all races, right? It's not um, a one woman experience. It's a whole woman experience, meaning every woman. And every woman knows someone who has, we just don't talk about it as much. So when I started talking more about it, I realized how many women had had miscarriages. And, you know, then it became kind of, and these were women who had children. So they had been able to overcome the miscarriage and have another child, right, at some point. So then I started looking at it more like, okay, this is, this is not the end-all be-all. This is just one step towards, towards the next step, which I think helped me get to a place of commitment. So that was a deep spiritual shift for me in that I wasn't no longer in a space of like questioning, is this right for me? Is this not right for me? Um, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? Meaning, am I going to get pregnant? Am I not going to get pregnant? I moved to a place of just being committed to doing what I could to give myself the best options. So that at least if it didn't happen, I would look back and say, well, I did everything that I could. And it just, you know, it wasn't in my hands kind of thing. So I moved to a really clear place of commitment, commitment to preparing my body to get pregnant, preparing my mind and my spirit and my soul to get pregnant. Yeah. So tell me, why don't we talk about it more? Okay. <laughs> okay. What do you mean? Talk about what more specifically? Um, infertility, having problems with getting pregnant, um, miscarriages. You were, you were, I guess what you would say, bold enough, right? To 
have allow your partner to be your partner in what was going on. Um, so I know some women don't do that. Um, there's a shame there. Um, and they think it's solely their problem. They're the problem. Um, and I know that there's other women that don't tell other women because they feel like they're broken. And why would they want to share that with other women that can get pregnant or have children, but they, they don't have any idea that these women have gone through the same thing. Right. So, did you have those conversations about why we don't talk about these issues more so that we wouldn't feel so alone in situations like this? Yeah, so I think there, there is a lot of like shame and guilt around not being able to produce a baby the way you know, our bodies have been made to do it. Or we've been taught that our bodies are made to produce babies, that that's one of the things that we should be able to do as a woman. And so when we're not able to do that, um, I think there is a lot of shame and guilt, especially in the Latino community, mm. uh, because we don't talk about it much. And, you know, and I think there's this like stereotype of Latina women are supposed to be fertile. Like we're supposed to be able to have babies. Right. We're supposed to have, we're supposed to be able to have 12 babies or have babies at the drop of a dime and not, um, not have challenges, you know, in that area, right? This is supposed to be one of the areas that we're good at. <laughs> and, and for me, not, not being good at it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a little bit of a challenge. But I do see a new awakening in women because more and more women are waiting later to have children, right? Like I did. So I was 34 when I had my first, my daughter, and I was 37 when I had my twins. Um, and I waited because, you know, I went to college, I went to graduate school, I traveled, I lived in Europe. I didn't get married until I was 29, close to 30. Um, and then I wanted to enjoy my husband and we wanted to buy a house. And so, you know, we waited until we owned a piece of property and then um, and had a great relationship and had, you know, had done some fun stuff together. And then we started trying. And so by the time we started trying, you know, I was closer to 33, 30. And um, that's when a lot of the challenges, you know, came happening. And, and later on, challenges to try to have the second child after I was 35. So I think it's happening more and more often. And because of that, I'm starting to see more women sharing about miscarriages. So for me, when it, how I shared what had happened with me was because we had told people that I was pregnant. And I was only like, nine weeks or 10 weeks. It was before that 12 week mark. And then we found out, you know, it was, I had what's called a missed miscarriage. I had it at 12 weeks, which means you show up to the doctor appointment and there's just no heartbeat anymore. But it wasn't like my body did anything um, to get rid of the baby or anything. So there was no sign. It was just, you know, there was no more heartbeat. That's really literally what happened. Um, so then when we found out, we had to tell everybody, right, that we had already told I was pregnant, that I wasn't pregnant anymore, and what had happened. Of course, that was really, really hard, and there was a lot of shame around it um, for me. And in fact, I went through a couple of months where I couldn't go to a baby shower. I could, like, if I found out a friend was pregnant, I found her. Like, I was just in this really, you know, kind of dark place. But I started to share it more because we had told people, so people started to share it, and so... Uh, people knew, okay, well, you know, Wendy lost the baby. So then women started sharing with me their stories of, oh, well, that's happened to me, Wendy. I've actually had two miscarriages or I've had three. And, you know, these were women who had babies. So again, I was like, oh, 
So it's not, you know, to me, it was a reality check of it's not the end all be all if it doesn't happen with one pregnancy. Um, there's many, you know, many opportunities, <laughs> so to speak. So that's why I started talking more and more about it. And since then, every time I, I share my miscarriage story or my fertility story, more women resonate with it and more women start talking about it, right? And definitely after I had my first daughter and, and I was in circles with other women who had been trying to get pregnant, um, to find out how many miscarriages some women have gone through. I mean, there's women out there that have had five, six, seven miscarriages. Um, and it saddens me when I hear stories of women who've gone through it by themselves, who chose not to share it with their partner or, you know, and sometimes some women didn't even know they were pregnant, right? That happens too. Like you don't even know you're pregnant. And the next thing you know, you're like, this is something's happening in my body and you actually miscarry at, you know, eight weeks or, or seven weeks or whatever. Um, but I think starting to talk about it more lessens the shame about it lessens the, this idea, it starts to create a safety space for women to be able to be honest about what's happening in our bodies and with each other. And that's so valuable. We absolutely need that because it's true. This is happening. You know, this is, it's, it's something that's part of our life and it's part of my life as a mom. And it, and it wasn't the end all be all it didn't end my life. It didn't end, you know, this idea of what I had as an opportunity in my life. It just taught me something about shifting my perspective and about commitment. Really about commitment was really a, a big shift for me in how committed am I to having this and, but not attached. Committed, but not attached. So I think that's a good distinction. What's the um, distinction? If you can break that down just so I can, I can, yeah. and maybe my audience as well. Yeah. So attachment is when you're holding on to something like you're holding on to a tightrope, you know, like in the circus act when, you know, somebody's hanging and they're holding on to a tightrope, they're holding on really, really tight, right? Like their fists are really attached to something. Mm -hmm. Attachment is when you're holding on really, 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 really tight to something you really want something you really, really want. Commitment is when you're holding on to something you want from a place of inner strength, but you're not holding on with this tightness that creates more stress or more anxiety. You're holding on from a deeper place that there is a level of commitment in you to having that outcome. But if the outcome doesn't happen, you're still in a space of commitment. Hmm. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of the laws of, of um, spiritual practice, right? That Deepak Chopra teaches, which is the law of unattachment. So how are you unattached to the outcome, but still committed? Commitment means you're going to do everything you can in your power to, have something happen that's in your power that's in your control and we control our thoughts we control our emotions we control our physical space around us we control our body so those are things that we can actually you know make a difference in our control um commitment means i'm committed to 
having those things in my life align to a particular goal. And this can work with anything, by the way. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you know, babies and getting pregnant like, like it did for me. Yeah. Um, it could be with your business. It could be with your marriage. It could be with finding a partner. Um, there's a way to be committed but not attached. Because the truth is we're not 100% in control of the outcome, right? There's a million things that needed to go right for me to have my daughter and for me to have the twins. And some of those were not, you know, in complete control. But there are some things that I did have control over. You know, I did have control over my thoughts, right? Whether I was meditating or not, whether I was exercising or not, um, what I was eating, right? My, my mental state how much stress I was willing to allow into my space. Um, if I was experiencing things of beauty, um, experiences, beautiful experiences, which brought me joy, which put me in a, in a heightened state to be able to accept a life to come into my body and stay in my body. Um, so these were things that, that I was committed to stepping into and manifesting in my life and producing as results, but not attached. So I was going to step into this motherhood space, you know, and if the baby happened, great. And if I, if it didn't happen, if the pregnancy didn't happen, that I was, I knew I was going to get into a space where I was going to be okay with that because I, it wasn't a hundred percent in my control as the miscarriage had taught me, you know, I, I can't hold on like you're holding on to a tight rope. Like I'm so attached to this outcome because the, the act of holding on creates more stress and more anxiety and more tension in your body and in your spirit. And that's not going to produce the outcome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks like you've gotten to a level. Well, number one, let me just say, I'm sorry about your loss. I had a friend who went through that as well. And I saw her you know, find out that the heartbeat was in there. And I know that was very devastating to her. And I spent that time with her. So um, I just had to say that to you, number one. And she did get pregnant again as well. She had two kids after that. Um, and I just want to um, say that it sounds like from you that having a supportive partner, a community, and then being able to talk more openly about what was going on, not only helped you, but I think it helped your community as well. And it brought a voice, um, especially when you are Latina and the, and the expectations that you can just get pregnant, you know, right away and, and you can have all these kids and all the, especially talking about things like that in our community. I think it's also another level of importance and, and gratitude as a woman, you know, and a Latina to, to hear these stories. Um, and to be able to talk openly, I know that I've known women that do keep it to themselves. And I, I feel like I was the only one they told because they felt like they were in a safe space. And I was, and um, I was saddened to think about that, that they couldn't share that with their partner or anyone else. So I definitely appreciate you talking about it here uh, because I know it's, it may sound like, oh, well, look, she can talk about it. But obviously it took work to get to where you are and be the type of woman that you are and be able to voice and articulate what was going on. Um, so definitely appreciate that. Now, do Thank you, you. No, yeah, no problem. So because you're open about what you're talking about and you understand what was going on, right, and you knew what was helping you both, um, was it because of the education? Was it because you're a coach and you, you do the work you do? 
how do you feel all of your your background and education and also of course you know being the age that you were helped you deal with that what do you think was it for you that helped out maybe the most i think at the time i told people because i had to i didn't really want to tell people at the very beginning um because i was in you know i was in a dark place i was devastated right so but I had to because I was no longer pregnant. So, um, and we had told people that I was pregnant, right? Like I remember one of my first phone calls was to my dad, you know, to tell him. And I remember crying on the phone and just being so sad because, you know, this was going to be their first grandchild. So it was a big deal to my parents that I was pregnant. Um, and telling him, you know, well, yeah, I'm no longer pregnant, you know, so we, so we kind of had to tell people. I also think that weekend, my husband's family had a wedding. There was like a big wedding like his um, niece was getting married and it was a big, you know, all the whole family was going and it was the same weekend it happened. So he ended up not going to the wedding. So we had to explain to everybody, right? What was happening, why we weren't going to the wedding and all that. So, um, so at the beginning it was really out of necessity <laughs> that we told people, I laugh about it now because I think it was such a good thing that I ended up telling people because it started getting me more comfortable with this idea of telling people, but it was definitely a process, Jacqueline. I mean, it took months for me to get to a place where I could talk about it openly and freely. And I, I think honestly, I didn't really get to a place of full acceptance with it until after my daughter was born mm. and I was a mom but I, and the whole experience had kind of come full circle. And then I remembered how I had, you know, how I had allowed my thoughts to kind of take over for a couple of months there where I was telling myself, oh, you're never going to be able to get pregnant. Um, you know, there's something wrong with your body. Like all these things that I was telling myself that I was in such a dark space. And then I look back now and I'm like, that was such wasted time in terms of, of um, how powerful your thoughts are, right? right? And how quickly we can go to such a, such a dark, sad, quiet place. And so just thinking back on it now, I'm like, wow, um, there's been such growth from that place. So once I started talking about it and I had my daughter and I had this full uh, growth experience into motherhood, um, then I started realizing, you know, doing more, more work. And I do think it was the fact that I have, I do think a couple of things helped me to share it more with people. One is that I have this amazing husband who's just this beautiful, giving, loving man who um, is so supportive in everything that I do and open and has done similar transformational work to what I've done. And so we, we speak a similar language when it comes to kind of working on ourselves. We're both people who work on, in terms of self-development. I happen to do it professionally <laughs> as a profession, but he's also done work on himself. So I think the fact that we had that in common and that community allowed to really heal it and talk about it more. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of my fertility story is um, I, had, I have twins, right, that are four years old. So when we tried to get pregnant a second time, it was, it was quite difficult. At this point, I was 36. And again, the question of commitment came up because we, we had our daughter and he was actually pretty happy with just having our one daughter. And... I really wanted a second child. I said, well, we have to have a second child. And, you know, he was like, well, why? And, and the truth is because when I was 27, 28, 
uh, my brother passed away in a car accident. And it was only two of us, me and my brother in my, my parents only had two of us. And he was two years younger than me. And, you know, we were pretty close and it was from one day to the next. It was, it was a huge car accident and he just, yeah, from, it was unexpected, right? He was young. And that shocked, shocked me in terms of what, what can happen in life, what's possible in life and the things that you don't plan for. So it taught me something though about children. And I had a seed planted in my head that I needed to have at least two children. Because what if something were to happen to one of those children? Mm. Yeah, and it was just a reality in, in, in which I lived. So I said, I said to him, no, we've got we've to try to have another. So after trying for a year and being unsuccessful, we went to a fertility clinic. And within three months, I was pregnant with the twins. Mm. Um, and we did use f- fertility treatments. I did an IUI, which is called an in uterine insemination. So not an IVF, but um, kind of the step before the IVF. And it was our second attempt with the IUI and using kind of the fertility drugs. And I got pregnant and, you know, it it was amazing. And I was quite upset to find out that it was twins because, you know, my plan had been to have one baby, not two. (laughs) So that was a whole nother reality. But I think in that process, I started doing even more work. It was kind of the next level of intergrowth work, interspiritual work personal development work to manifest the the twins and my commitment to making that happen. And our commitment as a partnership, his support of my decision to say, well, we're going to move forward with this. And and are you okay with that? And he said, yeah, you know, he said, yeah, let's move forward with it. Of course, now I see the twins and I'm like, oh my goodness, it was all meant to be. They're, you know, the best addition possible to my family. Um, but it was, it was crazy. It was definitely a crazy uh, ride. And then to become a mom of twins and then to become a mom of three children. And at this point, so much growth has happened from that experience, right? I mean, I, I'm living a whole different life than I lived five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, definitely than I lived seven or eight years ago. I mean, every area of my life is, has grown tremendously in terms of abundance and bigger things that I used to think were big challenges now are little tiny molehills, right? Little tiny hills that I just jump over because the, the game is so much bigger. The game has become so much bigger. I have these three beautiful beings and this husband and, you know, in my life that it's such a, a, a blessing that everything is, is bigger <laughs> in terms of abundance and joy. Um, and also, you know, the responsibility. It's a bigger responsibility. So now when I share my fertility story, I share it from that space. It's a different place where I'm coming from with it. So I think for me, um, it's an empowerment story. It's, it's an empowering experience, but I can relate to, you know, the girl who is scared and doesn't want to tell anybody or who's worried about, um, not being able to get pregnant. Um, Especially the girl who's not telling anybody she's having a hard time getting pregnant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And months are going by or years are going by and she knows she really wants a child and yeah, and she's not sure where to turn to or or what to do. Um, Because I do think it's important for us to share our stories and to have a safe space to share those stories in. So I appreciate the space that you're, you're providing here for me to share the story with. 
with everyone because not everyone knows all of these, you know, knows the details of my fertility stories and all that. Mm-hmm. Although I've, I have shared it with a lot of people. Um, but now I share it from a place of empowerment, like I said, but it's because I've gone through the experience of it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I do think being a coach, I think being a coach helped me get pregnant. <laughs> so I think as a coach, I was able to manifest the pregnancies that I did have um, much quicker than had I not been doing this kind of work. Because I know that our thoughts create our reality, right? Our thoughts create our reality. Everything starts with our thoughts. Everything starts with the thought in our head that then becomes your actions and your actions equal your results. So I became very careful of the thoughts that I would allow into my head and I started picking more powerful thoughts and uh, thoughts that were going to make me feel like, okay, I can create anything I want in my life. (laughs) Um, And those powerful thoughts, um, I think, allowed me to really manifest the kids, really, you know, get pregnant, um, allow myself to carry the pregnancies, be in a state of health, be in a state of happiness with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's, I think a lot of it was the mental work I had already done and, and was prepared to do because it's the work, like I said, that I do for clients all the time. So I was kind of doing it, you know, for myself, <laughs> doing it on my, kind of coaching myself through it without being attached to the outcome. So that's the, that's the distinction is that if it wouldn't have happened, if I wouldn't have gotten pregnant, having gotten to a place where I was okay with that, where my whole world wasn't going to fall apart if that didn't happen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of One Day Story. If you'd like to continue the conversation or like to share your own journey through infertility, please head over to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear your thoughts and to help support you. Look out for part two where Wendy talks more on mindset and strategies she's used not only to help herself, but to help her clients from all walks of life.